create the front Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is from Sydney and this is Create with France. And we are on episode 165. And today I would like to talk to you about an issue that is very widespread recently, not only here in the UK, but also in the United States from what I hear by reading the news. And what is going on? There's a lot of mental health problems and it's a big issue, everyone is talking about it. Could it be that we all needed medication? Could it be we're all ill? What's actually going on? And is this just something that is happening to our kids? I read every day, our kids and our teens have the biggest mental health issue since lockdown and this and that. It's very confusing what's actually going on. So to help you guys, I went around and looked for some of my colleagues and one of them called Anastasia is here today to talk to us about this connection between the behavior and if there is a root cause, there is something there that will help you to totally conquer this and to get your teen back to normal life and be able to thrive and to find balance and of course this means for the whole family because they don't live separated from you, they live with you. So they're absorbing the negative, the positive, the encouragement, the support, everything you can give them, they absorb. So let's let's get into this and let's welcome to the show Anastasia. Hello. Hi France. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Um, it is so good to have you here. And you know, one day this podcast is going to have thousands of downloads per month. Thousands and thousands. And you're going to say, I was one of the first 100. <laughs> so you absolutely you will. You will be so glad. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the symptoms first of all. What are the symptoms that we find in a child or teenager that is declared to be suffering from anxiety, self-sabotage and all sorts of stuff? The microphone is all yours. As you know, my passion has been helping teens and young adults and children with the tools that I am an expert in, which is hypnosis and mind-body coaching. And I do have clients coming in. Usually it's a parent who comes in for a session and then they ask, oh, do you help children? Do you you help kids? Do you help young adults? And I sure do. And the symptoms that they show is usually the, the major one is anxiety. It seems like it's a pandemic of anxiety at this point all over the globe, isn't it? And the way it shows up is in low self-esteem, in lack of confidence. It has body symptoms as well. So even eczema is is an an anxiety-inducing mind and skin connection, emotional connection. So another way it shows up is in kids being bullied. And how does how does it show up is kids are not only being bullied, but they're becoming bullies themselves. So it's really the lack of emotional intelligence, or not even lack of, but not knowing, not having the tools to to help our children to manage the stress levels that are that are they're experiencing right now. 
sickness, and this can be quite a, a treacherous situation, especially in today's world when people have maybe the sensation that they're not feeling good, but they can't really put it into words, and they find they look for something that is soothing and calming. They might end up spending all their time on social media. They might be gaming all the time or just texting people because they don't want to talk in person to anyone because maybe they blush or they feel like they don't fit in and they feel, what's wrong with me? I'm different. And I realize everyone thinks that we're different. Everyone thinks they don't fit in in the end, you know. We're all unique. There is a reason for that. It's not something wrong, isn't it? Why are we not celebrating? We're all different. We're not all the same height and color and race and nationality and language. We're all different in everything we do. And that's something brilliant. So the fact that we're not like the other people shouldn't be a problem, you know. But um, we see everything that, that is different as a, as a threat in our society. And so it's easy then to find some kind of respite in maybe music, maybe in video games, maybe in some cases you will see drugs, you will see um, gangs because you have an acceptance. And, and that in, in who will you see in a gang? You will not see people that are accepted and loved and supported. You will see people that do not feel that. So have you ever worked with somebody who was deeply entrenched in all this negative thinking about themselves? And what was the outcome? Absolutely. In fact, more and more teens are coming in for sessions these days. And I like what you mentioned, that the habits, right? The, the um, self-sabotaging behaviors and the unhealthy habits are becoming a norm in these teens' lives because they, are, they do not have the tools to address the emotional turmoil and tribulations and for example one of my client recent clients um, was a girl who who learned that self-cutting was a way for her to self-soothe and of course it, it is traumatic not only for a child but it's also for the family the whole the entire family unit is affected by by these childhood choices and and when you do work with with a teenager who is doing this you see that they're not doing it to to harm themselves they're really doing it to to self-soothe to feel better um so what, what do we do then what do we do do we wait for therapy which is absolutely necessary in this case but then our therapists are so overworked the wait list is about six months sometimes i had with my own son i had to wait six months for the therapy so it, in the meantime tools like mindfulness hypnosis um learning emotional intelligence these tools can really supplement the cbt and psycho therapy so as we worked with this girl she uh, became more and more aware of how her body is re reacting in certain situations and, and the emotions that are within her body and and i we taught i taught her how to to work with those emotions how to release those emotions 
in a healthier way, not by choosing to cut, but something else. Um, and, and there's a variety of tools within the realm of hypnosis and mindfulness um, to, to do that. And, and they're all very holistic, very, very um, safe tools to, to use. And the thing is, there's no equipment required. Right? It's all within our minds. If we teach the, if, if, as long as we teach the teens and adults and even parents that they within themselves can use their mind to make their body feel a certain way or not feel a certain way, um, they become empowered. They're not at the mercy of something else, not, not at the mercy of someone else. Um, affecting them, right? Some, some child at school bullying them or another, whatever is having a stress of too much homework is happening. They they know how to function in the um, their own body. They appreciate their own body. So with this, with a lot of girls actually in particular, they're so uncomfortable with their own body. And they grow up to be women who are uncomfortable, right? As women, we, we always feel a little bit uncomfortable of how we show up. Are we too fat? Are we too thin? Are we too tall? Are we too, too short? How our hair are, right? And these girls, these girls since young age get these messages that something is wrong with them, right? And when I come in, I'm telling them, you know what, there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay for you to feel a certain way, even that anxiety. I like to ask this question, how do you know you have anxiety? I usually ask a, a teen, little children would probably not answer, but I ask, how do you know you have anxiety? And you know, usually, normally the answer is, well, I went and the doctor told me or my parents told me. So, and then it becomes, oh, there's a problem with me. I have anxiety. I have a disease. Right. There's something wrong with me and I have anxiety. And, and this is what's wrong with me. So it, it becomes a program for, for life, right? And amazing thing with hypnosis is if we come in early enough right when the teen is a teenager and the kid is a kid before they become adult it's so much easier to to make the change you know to, to make the lifelong impact in, in in the way they will adult they will the way they will shop in, in their life as adults and why it's so e much easier when they're kid, teens and kids is because they didn't have this lifelong 40, 50 years of programming of how change is difficult, how they are the certain way and then there's no way they can change. Teens and kids do not have that yet. And they don't have that experience of programming, being programmed for so many years and rehearsing it, rehashing that program. It's so much easier to come in and really facilitate the change within them and help them know that there's nothing wrong with them and anxiety in fact is okay it, it's it's a good thing to have anxiety it's a healthy thing to have anxiety it's it helps us in certain ways 
right? There's nothing wrong with having anxiety. And when, when I say that to them, or when they realize that, the light bulb goes on right there, just with simple realization, oh, if I have anxiety, I'm still okay. Anxiety is there to help me. It's simply an awareness of something is not working out. So let's let's go ahead and, and notice where that anxiety is in the body. How does it show up? And address that. Yes, it is very much a protective mechanism because we, you know, like the caveman, we want to be protected from pain. And our mind is not designed to make us happy. It's only designed to make us safe and to keep us alive. So once we have the idea that something might be painful and humans do not like pain, I don't like pain, I have a really low threshold. So we try to avoid this pain. So if something looks like it's gonna be, it's gonna hurt us, we start having the itchy thought, <laughs> is there such a thing? The inkling that that's not gonna be nice. So you just started to hold your breath it feels tight in your chest, then you can't swallow, and then you know you think more and more and becomes very real because your body starts to react to your thoughts and it starts to create in the body what you have as an image in your mind. And then eventually, if you keep putting fuel on that and thinking about it, just like when you're watching a horror movie, eventually you'll be shaking when you go to bed after watching a horror movie. You try to go to your bedroom, turn off a light, and if there's one little noise under your bed, you think you're gonna just go, oh, nothing? You're gonna shout and disappear and scream out of it because you are so full of this emotion that you have built up. Although it was only pixels, it was only pixels, yet it did a somatic expression of your fear. And that can remain with you for years. You might wake up with nightmares for 10 years after watching one single a bit of a movie that wasn't good for you so even daily events can become like a horror movie so you rehearse them thinking how bad they're gonna be and the more you rehearse how bad they're gonna go the worse it is until you have an immediate reaction and you're like i'm never gonna do that because i know already i'm gonna feel horrible because the neurons have been over and over the same reaction so we are wiring together so of course we are going to fire together and that's all you're gonna get a familiar reaction a subconscious reaction so the only way to work on it to go back to the subconscious mind and say and why are we doing this <laughs> with that curiosity the curiosity so it's not about getting a medication and uh, you know uh, put down all this like turning off a smoke alarm but fire is still going guys why this is going on what is this protecting you from and is this real so i always read from the most famous uh, psychologists that anxiety cannot be cured with positive thinking but can be cured with accurate thinking what is really going on and it's not this lion jumping at you, isn't it? Isn't that incredible? Tell me a little bit more about the role of a family when you have a child or a teen that is feeling anxious. What ways are detrimental that may damage the child and what ways are more positive and supportive 
for the child to be able to grow and have a good experience with this. Aside from the stuff you already said that was very useful. Thank you for asking this question. The way that teens behave or kids behave, we often think, oh, well, well, there's something is going on with them, right? They're, they're just not, cannot get it right somehow. But have we looked at ourselves as parents? I'm a parent of two children, one small eight-year-old and a teenager. And more often than not, I have to look at myself first. And over the years, to do a lot of work to even reparent myself as I am parenting my children, I have to reparent myself. Um, because the way that my parents parented me is a little different from the way I want to be parenting my kids. And, and this is when we talk about generational trauma, right? There's certain habits of the family, they go from generation to generation and so on. We gotta, if we want our kids and teens to feel better, to make right choices, it is vital, absolutely crucial to, to take a look at how are we feeling on a daily basis as parents? What example are we setting of what it's like to be an adult? So I believe when it comes to helping teens, it's, it's very important, it's critical actually, to look at the whole system as a family unit. You know, and when I have teens coming in for sessions, I always suggest for parents to also come for their own, at least stress reduction session. Regulate. So emotional regulation of us as adults and teenagers' lives is imperative to the teens' and kids' well-being. And th there's even um, such thing as observer effects. I don't know if you've heard of something like this. There's studies that have been done that show that the way we look at something, the way we look or think of someone that's the way that person is gonna show up for us. Not for us, but in, in their own life. And this, it, it is a self, it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. So what if we were to change how we think about our children? The way, the way that when we see them, instead of saying, oh, Johnny is, just cannot bake that cake properly. Oh gosh, he's making such a mess everywhere. What if we start thinking, oh, he's such a good cook. What if we just decided to channel that energy into the into our child, towards our child? How would that affect, what positive effect would that have in their life? I always suggest something that I do with both of my children, and that is, when your children go to sleep, if you can, as they're falling asleep, whisper to their ear something positive. And one thing that's positive is, and quite neutral is this very short sentence. I'm going to give you this sentence as a gift. 
and it is every day in every way you're getting better and better every day in every way you're getting better and better and this is what I suggest for parents to do is to just whisper when as they fall asleep those words and the subconscious can they are subconscious their mind will take those words and adjust accordingly making whatever needs to be better better for um, to benefit all of your team and yourself. You can say these words to yourself as well. Every day in every way, I am getting better and better. I love it. And I just like to listen to this again. Every day, things are getting better. You are getting better. It's like one of my recordings. <laughs> and um, isn't that what we learn from society? We learn by repetition. So the media tell us every day, the whole day, we're not good enough, smart enough, cute enough. We're not as successful as the other people. We don't have the uh, good marks at school like them. We don't have a nice clothes or a nice boyfriend or whatever. We don't have a nice house or nice car or the latest telephone or gadget. Doesn't matter. We always feel that we don't have enough because we look at the social media where people are showing their best part. They're not going to show you their house when it's in a mess or their clothes and they're dirty. They show when they've just been to the hairdresser or they just got something amazing and they show it off. So we all make subconsciously this comparison and we think, wow, look at Jenny. She's got all this going on for her. Her life must be amazing. But maybe Jenny, right after or right before taking the picture, she went back to a mountain of... of problems and issues to solve maybe she doesn't have a horrible life but we all have issues and so it's very healthy to take a more accurate approach to life and see well actually I am doing things and every day that I'm on this earth I'm learning something and if you look at challenges from this point of view and see okay I'm learning this and I'm learning that that's it's a way of growing and I remember quoting in one of my old podcasts there was a journalist from like, I don't know, BBC, some, some big you know, Daily Mail, and she was bullied at school, and so she decided, and I can find the article if I go and Google it, and she decided to go and look for all the schoolmates, especially girls, they used to bully her because she had a terrible time at school because of these people. And she contacted them, asking them how they were doing, and um, some responded, and some were on a call with her and um, I remember very clearly that one of them was a girl that was very very terrible you know one of these people you don't want to be around her because she would make you feel rubbish and she apologized profusely and she said I was having a go at you because I hated everything about my life because at home I was having so many problems and so I was attacking you, I'm so sorry. I had this problem with my stepmom and this and that. It was just a litany of problems. And so when you look at that, you think, wow, if you look at all the bullies, I'm not saying you should go to the bullies, it's oh, not going to be your best friend, but understanding they are going through a lot. They're not unleashing at you for a reason other than they have a problem. Because if you were a really happy person, 
in a happy family, with a happy situation, you have nothing missing and you're established and you're emotionally connected. Why on earth would you feel like, I'm just going to go and bully that guy who is different? You wouldn't even think about it. But if you're unhappy and you need to release the anger, unhappiness and frustration, then you will just kick anyone because you can't do that at home. So isn't that another experience and understanding that as a child, you don't understand that. So it's, it's the parent that has to see, okay, what's going on here? And how can I help the child? So the words that we say to our children are important and how we treat them is important. And I think that is so positive to say, okay, maybe this time it didn't go well, but I, I'm so happy that you made a good effort. I'm so happy that you study hard for this, although you didn't get maybe the same mark in the top of the class, but you worked hard. And please, parents, do not use the word try, <laughs> because try means there's a possibility of failing. So don't even use try. Say, can we just experience this? Can we go and spend some time doing that? Instead of try to see if you can go out for at least a minute. Now, try means you're going to fail. But it's a high possibility of failing. I, if I say uh, the word try, I'm doing this to make you fail on purpose. Like if I were a person full of big muscles, like David and Goliath, I come there and say, try to come on me and try to put me down. I'm daring you. And you wouldn't because I'm like, huh. But I'm just telling you because I, I, I want you to fail because I'm just saying try. So a parent talking to the child and here it is speaking to everyone. I am not the perfect parent, but I'm learning, right? <laughs> we make mistakes. It's important to know that these children need our support, need to know we trust that they will make the best choice eventually with our guidance. So what will be to close this episode? Because we are now 30 minutes, so we have to pretty much close it. What will be your one, two tips that you want to share with a parent who is now dealing with a child that has apparently so many problems of on the list we're talking about and the parents want to take action and perhaps they are waiting to be seen by an NHS person or in, in the United States by some other specialist. Maybe there is no need for a specialist. Sometimes there is just you need to see just your child <laughs> and have a one-to-one chat. But what would you advise first? I don't want to give this advice myself. Off you go. Absolutely. Number one, my biggest advice would be is respect your children. Remember that they are humans just like you. Treat them with kindness. And and I know these are basic things, but often we do not treat our children the way that we would treat them if there was an adult, another adult present. If some, um, there was a quote also that I, I live by, and the, I might paraphrase it a little bit, but what it's the essentially what the meaning is is that act and be the parent as parent your children as someone else, somebody else is watching. For example, if somebody was watching, if an authority figure was watching, would you be parenting? better softer way not nicer would you be nicer to your children if someone else is watching right um i think that's a quite profound 
um, realization that to respect kids as humans that, that have the same rights, yes, they're smaller, they're younger, but they have the same rights of, and they could feel a certain way and it's okay for them to feel the varieties of the whole rainbow of emotions. Of course, we've got to teach them how to manage those emotions and, and maybe how to release them in a healthier way. But not to bash them, not to tell them that they are wrong by feeling those emotions. Um, reinforcing the, po the positive um, positive behaviors, but also, but also reinforcing the humanness in them. That, that it's okay for them to be the way they are in a certain moment. I can't emphasize enough how important it is for the teens to know that they are okay. No matter what's going on with them, they are okay as in who they are. Maybe there's something going on that needs to be addressed, of course, but the core of them as, as a human is okay and accepted and lovable. So, so to wrap this up, I believe that the journey of helping the child and the, the teenager overcome any anxiety or self-esteem is not like a marathon that we run, but more of a sprint um, where we support the, and them on their journey and we also grow as our own um, emotion we, we grow in our own emotional intelligence and we grow as humans and parents while parenting it's quite it's quite a journey i mean what what have really made me realize and highlighted everything that i wanted to to improve about myself it's the parenting right it's parenting like nothing else tests our our own character yes i love it yeah and we have to acknowledge that so many parents are loving and supportive and they're doing all they all they know that they can do i mean very few of these parents they have a troubled child with all these issues. They are neglecting parents or they are terrible parents. No, they are very, very good. And they might have even read books about the psychology of children, etc. It's just that um, when there is a third person there, this person has a non-biased view and they do not have emotions there. They do not have our emotional luggage, so they can pick up very quickly what's going on and see those patterns that happen, so they can help us quicker to move on and be able to enjoy our relationship better. Even if we are really different from our children, there is always something we can do by accepting that they are who they are. They are a, a little human, but they have all the rights to grow in a certain direction as long as they're not harming people. I mean, we're not talking here about extreme behavior, etc., which are not the scope of this episode. So we're not talking about people trashing the entire house, etc. That's maybe another another day if I have somebody coming to talk about this. But 
Just normal problems that might keep the child stuck at home thinking that the world is a very dangerous place and he's not going to venture anywhere because he's going to get hurt. And in the end of the day, we do not help if we just keep the child home. The child needs to see other children, see adults, see people of all ages and especially older people as well, much older people, old people, you know, grandparents, things like that. We need to understand society isn't just one age. So just mixing up with people your age is not very good. You have to understand how to operate within a wider society. Because when you go to work, you're going to be with people of all ages. Your boss is probably 20 years older, you know. And um, so you might be employing people who are 20 years younger than you. So you have to understand how to cope with those and to um, have what I call emotional regulation. So understanding that you're feeling anger and anxiety and things. These are feelings that are coming in waves. They'll come and they will, they will go. So they're not a permanent feature. Nobody is anxious for the entire day. You will be dead because your cortisol will kill you. So you're anxious in that moment and then it goes away. Your anger in this moment, then it goes away. So all these feelings, once we learn how to deal with them, with the help of courses, education, books, uh, reading, learning, talking to friends, talking to therapists, sending a message maybe to Anastasia and asking her what she thinks about it. You know, these are all things we can do. And I want to close this episode with this saying thank you so much for being with us. It's been very eye-opening. And I would like us to know where we can find you if we want to ask any questions about children or teenager. Where are you? Um, I am in California, in the United States. I see my local clients in person in local office. Oh, I work worldwide. I have clients in Germany, I have clients in India and Canada. So really, Zoom thankfully opened up our practice practices to worldwide. And one more thing I wanted to say, if somebody reaches out to me mentioning the Francis podcast, um, they i will give them a discount for their session um so just just mention the podcast and that you've heard franz and i conversing about parenting and teens and you will be eligible for a discount for a session during the session and so please do reach out that's great. Thank you so much, Anastasia. It was such a pleasure to have you. And please, everyone, if you like and enjoy the episode, please share it with somebody else. Leave a nice review on Apple iTunes. That's the main place where you leave a review and put the five stars that you would like, maybe six if you can. <laughs> it's very sad to think. And then let people know about the podcast because we know we, we want people to find help in their mental health problem world we need help as much as we can sometimes it's so difficult to actually reach the person you want but here we just dispense as much as we can i'm interviewing the best people the best experts in the world to ask what can we do now about this so we can get on and have a great life so feel free to subscribe share like and do whatever you want to advertise this and please i will be putting some links visit our website it's francisney.com and then all the links that we will see from anastasia which i'm gonna put below all the um, text describing the podcast with all the hashtags so make sure you contact us for any questions consultations are free 
and a session might completely change your life and create the life that you want, which is the name of my podcast. So thank you again for being with us and um, I'll talk to you all soon next week. Take care. Bye. You've listened to Create with Fran Sidney.